Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 277 of Bad Fruits and Maple Dips. I'm Patrick. He's Justin. And um, I was thinking about how I would lead off the show today because it has not really been a very exciting offseason for the Blue Jays, the same way that the previous three or four years have been. And I started thinking about, well, what's a good metaphor for this situation? And I was thinking about spring and how we're probably about three weeks away from huh. catchers and pitchers reporting. Yeah, two weeks, like actually, that. February 15th. And we're going to, eventually, we're going to get out of, like, the cold, crappy weather of... I mean, it was, like, 12 degrees here today. It's crazy. It's of, it's so bizarre because yeah. Saskatchewan, in, like, three weeks, it'll be negative 35. Yeah, and there'll be was last week. <laughs> 27 feet of snow burying you, that yeah, poor yeah. bastards, without any relief of warm water, or warm air coming off the water, right? You guys we don't are, have We don't have water here. you're landlocked stupid bastards anyway i was thinking about what what's a good metaphor and i was thinking about how you know those really awesome spring evenings where it's warm enough you can have your windows open at night and you can hear the rain falling and sometimes it's an intense enough rainstorm that you can hear thunder and lightning and very very frightening me where we're at in the off season is we have seen the lightning strike, which was Shohei Otani being signed. Yeah. And now there's like, you're counting the Mississippis. Uh, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, waiting to hear the thunder, which is the big crash. That that always precedes lightning, right? Or yep. proceeds lightning. Yeah. We're in that phase where we're counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and we're anticipating something really big. And... I don't know what that's going to be. I can't count that high. I know you can't. But <laughs> I feel like we're in that it's not a calm before the storm. It's like we're just waiting for the waiting for the big crash in between the lightning strikes. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited because being in February now, we're, like January is the longest and worst month of the year. It's miserable. Well, it's February today. And February means we are only a few weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. And that's where I think we're going to get the big crash for the Blue Jays. And it's going to be decisions are going to have to be made about certain players that may or may not be on this team when the season starts. And there's a lot of interesting things this this team has to do before spring training starts. So I'm just wondering when we're going to hear the big crash. So... Thanks, everybody, for joining us this uh, fine Thursday evening. Um, if you like what we do, follow us uh, at BFMD Podcast on all the socials. Our own website is BFMDPodcast.com. Justin, um, I defer to you to talk about this first piece that we have today. These first couple pieces, actually. Um, tell me about this interesting stuff that we, we dug up to talk about today. For sure, yeah. Well, quickly, we'll give a shout out. I uh, always like to keep Canadian baseball on the horizon. Our podcast and the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame will be announcing their 2024 inductees uh, next Tuesday, February the sixth at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So when we next come to, we'll be able to chat about those inductees. But I always love giving those guys a shout out. 
Um, <laughs> some interesting news that came really a couple days ago, Patrick. MLB The Show, the video game, for those of you who don't know, yeah. every year they have a cover athlete. And it hasn't recently been anybody who's <coughs> been like a mega star. Like last year was Jazz Chisholm. And I mean, outside of baseball diehards, nobody really knows who Jazz Chisholm is because he plays for the Miami Marlins. But this year, it's a player that everybody knows because everyone knows his dad. Everyone knows him. It's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays. A lot of people were taken aback, I will say, by this choice because of the down year that, well, down year in quotation marks. Not a superstar year that Vlad had, of course, the last couple of seasons. And they're like, well, why are they picking? Why is he a cover athlete? He doesn't deserve a cover athlete. He doesn't play like one well. They don't pick cover athletes because they're the best player in the league or else they'd be Shohei Otani every year or Mike Trout every year. They pick players because they're marketable and people know yeah. them. And Vla- what if Vladdy's not marketable or doesn't have name recommend or recognition, then who does, really? Like it's His dad's a Hall of Famer. This, he's won two home run derbies, Vladdy has. He's an all-star game MVP got voted in to start the all-star game even though he didn't deserve it this past year like he's he's a fan favorite regardless of who you cheer for because he hits piss missiles and everyone loves that and hopefully he hits more this year but for anybody who's mad about this decision like you're probably not going to play the game anyway like why does it matter it really doesn't it quite literally doesn't matter who the cover athlete is anymore the only time it matters is if it's a if it's like a Shohei Otani, which was uh, uh, MLB The Show 21, I think, where sure. it, it kind of lended itself to being more of like an international friendly release because mm-hmm. everybody all around the world knows who Shohei Otani is. That's true. And baseball is, is the biggest sport in Japan, which is one of the biggest countries on the planet. Yep. Um, nonetheless, it's... It's really interesting how much weight is placed on cover athletes uh, in all the sport games. Uh, if you look at, uh, the, there's like this weird controversy that seems to exist on a bunch of different uh, platforms about how like there is, there's always some sort of weird and stupid ass controversy <laughs> over, yeah, like a curse um, you can even look at it with uh, the NHL, where um, some athletes that get put on the cover, it's always questionable. Um, I don't know who fucking cares about this anymore. I've never it- spent any time thinking about it about this until this week. Yeah, I know. And then all my 30 years, <laughs> it starts to let it's yeah, but it's like a virus. You start to think about it. And then you're kind of like scanning all the covers to try to figure out like what the fuck is going like why is everyone I mean, care about this so much? Yeah, but I, like I feel like a boomer, like I'm just like these these kids, they don't understand what's important in life, you know? Like why are we worried about MLB the Show 24's cover when we're not half of us aren't going to play it or more? Or exactly. Anyway. Well, yeah, that's the thing. The other thing is you can make your own cover. It's not that hard. Or you, you just, can get you know, rid of the dust cover of just digitally download the game. You never have to own a cover again. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. Uh, but but <laughs> even then, like I guess when you turn the game on, yeah, you just see it's... the prominent player right at the start. Yeah, who cares? At, on the like start menu, but who? 
everyone's mashing like, your your a or x or whatever button to get through it that doesn't, as fast as you can anyway so yeah cover athletes i i mean i do think representation matters i think it's important sure. um in order for the sport to grow that's why i think Shohei otani was a perfect choice really he should be the cover athlete every year mm-hmm. from now until when he chooses to retire and if they don't want to do that then just put Jackie Robinson or Roberto Clemente on every single one. Like, honestly, like it doesn't matter other than representation. You know what I mean? Like this is all just kind of silly. Uh, Vladdy, is he the best first baseman in baseball? No. Nope. Um, Is he top 10? Yeah, probably. Um, Does he have name recognition? Probably more than uh, at least 99% of MLB players. Yeah. At least. (laughs) Yeah. He's definitely in the top percentile. He's the, yeah, the 99th percentile on stat cast for name recognition for sure. Yeah, like I couldn't <laughs> I can't think of very many players in MLB who are going to get more recognition quicker and yes, it has to do with the fact that is he's a junior, he's named after his dad, same as Ken Griffey. I'm not trying to say they're the same player uh as far as caliber. There is no other parallel to Ken Griffey Jr. in my opinion, but that's a different story. My point is, you hear the name Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know Vladdy Sr., he's in the Hall of Fame, one of the best players ever to play. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having a very good career. Do I think he's Hall of Fame? It's way too fucking early to tell. He's 25 years old. Yeah, keep going, Vladdy. Keep going. It's early in his career. Like, anyway... Is That's it great? To say. <laughs> it's great that a Toronto Blue Jay is the cover athlete and it's not an international release. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Been a good long while since Josh Donaldson in, in 2016. I think that was the last time it was mm-hmm. uh, a Toronto Blue Jay. Yep. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's yeah. only like, what, eight years ago? So. Yep. But I mean, the team is more relevant now than, than it was That's... in the five or six years after that. And <laughs> it's also one of the largest fan bases, if not the largest fan base in North America for a baseball team and so on and so on and so on. But yeah, like I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. You nope. shouldn't lose any uh, sleep over it. In fact, until you paste the, the story into our, our sheet, I completely had forgotten about it already. So I think it's a cool story. <laughs> From a positive perspective, oh, 100%. and then I think, yeah. I think all the noise that's coming from like, oh, this is an underwhelming choice. Who cares? Who cares? You cut Vladdy out of your your dust cover and go ahead and, and copy paste whoever you want on the cover if you don't like it. Who cares? The only time this stuff matters is when we're talking about representation, and MLB the show has actually been knocking it out of the park with that. Okay. Ah. Uh-huh. Like I'll, yeah. I mean, if it were me, if I were in charge of this every year, it would either be Otani, Robinson, or Clemente, just for the sake of like, if I wanted to maximize the number of people buying this game, it would I would be doing that every year. Plus, I love all three of those guys. Or Ichiro, just put Ichiro on the cover every year. There, you're done. First, that's going to be hopefully unanimous Hall of Famer Ichiro next year. If he's not 100 percent. There's going to be gonna a twelve a bunch of people into the sun. Yeah, there's going to be a twelve-hour episode where the only thing we talk about is how stupid 
the BBWAA is. Sure, it's we gonna, could, we could probably gonna, do it anyway, but we yeah we could. <laughs> but I'm I'm telling you, if Shohei uh, or not Shohei Otani, if uh, Ichiro Suzuki, if Ichiro Suzuki is not 100, percent I'm gonna lose my shit. I mean, even even Adrian Beltre only being what 90. Seven percent or whatever. That's yeah. even that feels egregious to me. He was anyway. one of the best third baseman of all time. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's get Let's to the main the... story today. Yeah. Yes, this is the uh, the entree for sure. So for everyone has been clamoring for more Blue Jays signings. Um, they've obviously brought in Isaiah Kanafirlefa, re-signed Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, well, maybe they're going to go get Cody Bellinger. Maybe they'll get Reese Hoskins. Maybe they'll get Jock Peterson. Well, Peterson, Hoskins, they've signed elsewhere already. Cody Bellinger still remains a free agent. Matt Chapman still remains a free agent. <laughs> Scott Boris is playing 40 chess by himself, and nobody else is watching and paying or paying attention to him, and it's kind of funny. Um, Justin Turner's a Blue Jay. <laughs> <laughs> There's no big reveal here. Uh, it's is interesting move because he's a 39 year old, mainly DH, who is right-handed. Plays first base a little bit. Plays third base a little bit. He's he's a player. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's underwhelming. It's a one year, 13 million dollar deal. A chance at one and a half million dollars in bonuses. I'm guessing probably for hitting certain amounts of maybe at bats, plate appearances, games played. I don't know what home runs. Who knows what they are? Probably awards. Who knows what he's gonna get? But Turner's coming off a pretty good year in Boston, Patrick. He, yep. as a 38 year old, hit had an 800 OPS over 558 at bats, 626 plate appearances, played in almost every game for Boston. Um. He still he stole four bases as thir- as a thirty eight year old Patrick. That's pretty That's good. That's wild. That's <laughs> wild to me. I mean, Vladdy steals more than four bases a year too. So I mean, everyone, I know, but everyone can do it. At thirty eight um, years, the only player I can think of at thirty eight years old who would steal bases is Ricky Henderson, and he yeah. he was the goat. You know, base runner of all time. I did a bunch of digging into this deal. That's so weird. Over the past couple of days. Because everyone on Twitter is like, oh, well, why are they signing this guy? He's only, He was only good because he played at Fenway. Wrong. Um, that is wrong, actually. You're right. So, <coughs> Justin Turner, Patrick, actually had a pretty interesting year. And if my fan graphs would load the page, I could get to that. There we go. So, <coughs> on the road last year, he actually hit 257. Oh, wait. I'm looking at this wrong, aren't I? No, well, while you're doing that, let so me So he hit 293 at home, um, okay. but 257 on the road. However, his WRC Plus was actually better at home, <laughs> or on the road of 116. He had better power on the road, Patrick, which is interesting. And he crushed lefties, which is really where Toronto has struggled. You would think with a right-handed heavy lineup, the Jays would be better against lefties, but they haven't been. He had a 142 WRC Plus against lefties with an OPS of damn near 900. In fact, it was 900 exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Jays, we, we know how they, they were right-handed heavy back in the Bautista, Donaldson, and Carnacion days, and they just hit home runs. 
I would love the Blue Jays to do that again. I'm not saying Justin Turner is going to hit that many home runs, but if he can hit 20, 25 home runs as a primary DH, that'll be more than enough for a 39 year old player. But let's talk. Let's talk. Let's get real. Let's get real deep into this right now, Justin. Yeah. Because I, I got to jump in here. I can't wait. Any oh longer. yeah. Go for I'm, it. I'm hot and horny to go here. <laughs> let's start off. Do you want to know why they signed Justin Turner? Is the is is the new branded belt, veteran presence? That's my prediction. Yeah, you're jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> let's talk about three different numbers. I want sure. you to think about. Let's start off with K percentage. Okay, when you look at Justin Turner's career numbers, what what do you see from K percentage? That's it's low. interesting. It's very low. His career average is fifteen point two percent. So you're probably going to get probably you know, slightly higher than his career average for that. His career, yeah. his average, his K percentage has has crept up a tiny bit over the last four seasons. That's normal expected. for a guy in their mid to late, late 30s. 30s. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to, let's talk about another number, okay? Let's talk about his isolated power. Yep, that's going to drop a bit too. It's going to drop a bit. However, last year he had a bit of a resurgence because it dipped down to 160 in 2022. 2023 is 179. Do I think it'll dip again this year? Yep. Probably. Probably. Yep. Look at all the ballparks he gets to play in, though, in the American League East. Yeah, I mean, it's the same ballparks he played in a lot last year. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they're going to favor a hitter, a, a, a righty like him who crushes lefties. Right, and then yeah. the other number I want to look at. Look at his batting average. Mm-hmm. Even Still in the high. worst, this is like a career low for him last year, basically, other than like his second year or whatever. He hit two seventy six last year, two seventy six at thirty eight years old. Pretty good. Do I think it's gonna drop next year? Probably. Yep, probably. Do you want to know what's not gonna drop? His slug. He's still smacking around 450 right this guy can still mash he's 38 years old he can still or he'll be 39 next year next season yeah the one that's coming up he's still mash he can do all the things that brandon bell can do the difference is he does it from the right side of the plate and this guy doesn't have completely blown out legs right he can still steal bases one thing yeah, on your your slugging note, he he has struggled more so against uh, velocity, which is a thing. He did see a bit of a bounce back last year. Yep. His slug versus uh, pitches ninety five miles an hour plus is only three hundred three three seventeen. Um, yep. with a weighted on base average of uh, two ninety eight, so he does struggle there. His barrel rate and his hard hit rate have fallen the past five years but that's to be expected for a guy who's getting older but i think you you kind of nailed it on the head the batting average i think we can expect to see somewhere close to 270 um he's going to become more of a more of a contact hitter and a smart hitter he's a veteran he knows what pitchers are going to try to do to him you look at his spray chart from last year the power is 99 percent to the pull side which you'd expect at this point in in a guy's career Mm-hmm. He kind of he knows he knows who he is as a as a hitter. This isn't some young prospect you're gonna get. Um, the one thing that I looked at on his Savant page was, along with the the high like the good K percentage where it's not high, is the whiff rate, the chase rate. 
He doesn't he doesn't chase a ton. He doesn't nope. swing and miss hardly at all. His batting run value last year was still in the eighty second percentile of big league ball players. Um, so he still a, he still provides a lot of offensive value. It's the other things that he's not going to do as well. He's a power hitter, but he's also like Brandon Belt. He's a smart power hitter. Yeah. If I you would, look yeah. at his career numbers, Justin, last year he was one run shy of his career high for runs scored. Mm-hmm. So the man was still getting on yeah. base. He, he played in 146 still... games as a 38 year old. That's the yeah. most games he'd ever career played career high PAs too. Uh, yeah, he had one yep. one year, two years in his career where he's played more than 150 games, and they were his age 31 and age 36 seasons. So career high RBIs as well. Yeah, he, they, he I did everything it's... that Boston could have wanted last year. So yeah, he definitely exceeded. And yeah. the thing is, Boston were they a good team last year? No, not really. No. Was was he probably deployed more than what he will be in Toronto? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. He's not going to get 626 plate appearances this year. And if he does, it means that... It better be a lot of DH. <laughs> there, he, he's either the everyday DH or, or three or four players got injured and they yeah. and he had to play in the field. Yeah, everyone's... But, and I mean, the, thing, the biggest issue with signing Justin Turner, Patrick, is he doesn't really fill one of the pressing needs that the blue jays have which is third base right we keep talking about third base third base third base everyone online is talking about third base and they're and they're right i mean the blue jays right now are cobbling third base together between guys like isaiah kind falefa sajag espinal kevin biggio ernie clement whoever makes the opening day roster kind of thing yeah two of those guys are going to get dealt you would think that there has to be there's there's there doesn't seem to be a reasonable universe in which the jays keep all three of biggio espinal and i and isaiah kind of falefa and i think of those three espinal probably has the least amount of value yet as ikf can play shortstop and biggio also plays first base and outfield along with the other positions yeah, on the infield yeah. so and, I mean, lef- and biggio is left-handed <laughs> with a bit more they're power. paying ikf what 7.5 million yeah he, obviously they're not going to trade him like as that. soon as they sign him so i mean it, it's the writing's kind of on the wall that you would you would think a, a, an Espinal should be moved at some point. It hasn't happened yet. Still could at any point. But where is Justin Turner going to play? And obviously DH is probably the main spot he'll play. Um, he also will challenge Spencer Horwitz for backup first base duties. I still think Horwitz has a good shot to make the team well. if Espinal is traded because they will like to have a, a lefty on the bench who can play first base and uh, and uh, Horwitz has good contact ability, and he even has some experience in the in the corner outfield as well. So, but that's a topic for another day. We're talking about Turner, but I, I I could see Turner playing a maximum of ten games at third base this year. He just doesn't at have. Third? Yeah, and it, but it's going to depend on the matchup, like who they're playing against. No, he's and not who's, playing. And who's pitching? He's if, not if, playing third base, man. Hey, if there's a guy like uh, if there's a fly ball pitcher on the mound and you're not getting as many ground balls to third, that's a game where I could put Turner in to start the game at third base. And you could always move him to first base afterwards or something. I don't know, like whatever. No. It, it's it's it might happen a few times. I'm not saying it's gonna be a regular thing, but it could happen ten uh, up to ten times throughout the so season. So last year he played seven games at third for exactly. Boston. That's why I'm saying no more than his, ten. <laughs> do you want to know what his fielding percentage was? Probably not great. In those fifty seven innings, it was a career low eight forty two. Yeah. They can't afford to have it. That's why I'm saying it's going to be very matchup dependent. It might not even be a game where he he might not he might start the game at first base, 
if Vladdy's getting a day off and then move to third base if they want to keep him in the lineup when they bring Vladdy in as a pinch hitter. Like it's it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be very rare. It's not what they've signed him to do because at thirty nine years old you can't expect a guy who's obviously declining in the field over the last five, six years to go yeah. play every day first base or third base. It's not gonna happen. So, so whoever's whoever's screaming about that, you're screaming about the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. So last year he played 41 games at first and started 35. That was represented the the by far majority yeah of his starts in the field. And he he was he was good. He's yeah, good. He's fine there. No issues there. That's so he is basically a right-handed Brandon Belt, but I think he still has upside as far as his legs. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brandon Belt started yeah. four games and played ten at second base last year for Boston. Yeah, you know, so like it's, it's this it's signing weird, but it for a one-year deal, <laughs> this is perfectly fine. He's yeah, projected to have about somewhere between one to one point seven uh, F WAR, maybe two. It's it varies depending yeah. on which projections you use. That that's all perfectly acceptable for a thirteen million dollar player who totally has the fine. ability yep. to hit, you know, twenty home runs and give us between sixty and ninety RBIs. Yep. I think he'll bat clean up most of the time. I could see it happening. I could also see him in like the five hole or something just Who's depending on matchups i don't know like it's it, that's the problem that's the problem with this team right now is they are definitely there's three guys who are going to hit one two three springer bichette vladi in some way shape or form and below that you just don't know <laughs> it's that's why they signed justin turner though yeah because he can need, back clean up more i mean if, yeah it's, if it's not justin turner it's either kirk or Jansen for a team who struggled for a team who struggled with run scoring last year and run production they haven't really addressed that need yet yeah it's deeply concerning but what it is the one year deal for for Turner it makes sense financially for the team you're still you have two years of Laddie and Bo left before they hit free agency you yeah. gotta think that I I was hoping this winter was gonna be the winter they got those deals done no and the longer they wait the harder it's going to be. Yeah, but okay, let's pause on that for a second. For for Bo, I get why they're not. They already signed it. Like Yeah, he's that, he's he's locked up through arbitration, of course, yes. Yeah. Vladdy, on the other hand, there is no way Vladdy would come to the table after the season he just had. There's no point. There's no benefit. Yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to offer a bit of an overpay. It'd hurt him. Yeah. To get Vladdy to sign right now because his value is while it's still very high, it's lower than it ever has been. Essentially, after a couple of down years, following twenty twenty one, obviously. Yeah. So it would it yeah. would hurt them. It, it definitely would, it, 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 hurt him. it sucks, but I mean at the same time, you throw a bunch of money at them for ten twelve years, maybe they take it. You know, like it's. I still don't think there was enough. Uh, from what we've heard, there wasn't really any negotiations done, and I wish that there was more effort made because the longer you go, the more. The more leverage shifts to the player, you know, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, that's we could talk about that another time. But Turner's deal makes sense financially for this team because it's not tying up a lot of money over the long term. It's a it's a bridge deal. It gives your prospects like Aurelvis Martinez, Addison Barger another year to 
potentially develop as the next third baseman. Arelvis needs more seasoning at AAA anyway. His bat is still not quite there, nor is his glove. He needs to work on do that you, uh, I have a question walk rate a little bit, <laughs> strikeout rate. But. Who do you who do you view as um, closer to being that third baseman? Of the future, is it Addison Barger? Or I think is it it's. Who I think, think right is, now is it's upside? Addison Barger. I think uh, Arelvis has more upside, but I could see Arelvis being more of a second baseman, perhaps, just based on the fact that he's a little bit erratic with the glove. <laughs> and we just talked about how we don't want Justin Turner playing third base because of that <laughs> same reason. Yeah. So we we've, we've, we have been spoiled by Matt Chapman's defense over the last two seasons. There's no no way to argue that. The Jays have had some great third basemen over the years. I mean, obviously, uh, Donaldson was pretty good when, before he got started to get hurt. Um, Scott Rowland was a Blue Jay for a time. Like, there have been some very good third big defensive third basemen, some all-timers, when you look at Chapman and Rowland especially in the like, yeah. recent years. Can and I hit I you with some cold water? We need help there yeah go ahead with, with some cold water actually this is maybe it's not maybe this is a wake-up call for maybe i'm hitting everybody with cold water and not you i think that's what it is sure now when orelvis martinez went to triple a last year yep. what position do you think he played the most in the field it was third base wrong second base try again second base second base you're correct with your second guess. So he, that's why I said that about him earlier. So. Uh, yeah, you're right. And because Boba Shet's wrong. Here. Like, why would he play? Why would he play shortstop? Which he was drafted. It's not. As, it's so. not that he can. He can play short. He can play third, and he can play. Uh, well, everybody can DH, but <laughs> he actually had never played second base. That's pretty crazy when you think about at it. All. Yeah. In any level uh, of his development. In the Toronto system, it was all third base, and or mostly shortstop. Do you know what that kind of signifies to me? The fact that they started playing him at second base, he became a part of their long-term plans again. Yep. Um, he kind of obviously he struggled with contact for a few years in the minor leagues, and still does for and he still strikes out a ton, but. Yeah. He got better a lot. He improved the last year, right? Obviously, last year was a big step forward for him. His walk rate nearly doubled in, in AA. His strikeout rate came down. It did creep back up in AAA, but that's to be expected in a smaller bit of... Uh, not much of a smaller sample size, but he hits yeah. dingers. And, I mean, we just talked about it for a team who struggles with run, pr or run production. That's a guy you want to keep around. He's going to be... He's just turned 22 in November, so he's going to be 22 for this entire season. He's still incredibly young. Um. Yeah, I honestly like I I've I've like, people often view Elvis like oh they say like yeah he's the third baseman but I I think he's the second baseman I mean oh. that that's another position where the Jays have just been platooning guys they've been platooned Wit they've platooned Espinal they platooned Biggio like Ernie Clement played second base like they they had all these different guys play second base for them and third base was Matt Chapman's obviously he's gone now and probably not coming back at this point. Is very little. Almost certainly not. Almost certainly out. not with the acquisition of Turner for, for the money that they paid him for one year. And Chapman's going to want term, which the Jays honestly don't want to pay. And you have guys like Barger and Martinez who 
are very close to knocking uh, on the door and walking through the door into the big leagues because they're both improving in the minor leagues. Barger was hurt the beginning of last year and then came back and improved his numbers dramatically from where they were at one point. Um, it's tough to look at his season as a whole last year because it just wasn't very good. But last year, he Barger only played two games at uh, second base, Patrick. He played 20 games at third. And at shortstop, he also played 20 games, and he played 31 in right field as well. So, I mean, yeah. Barger's got that bit more versatility in terms of playing in the outfield that Arelvis hasn't been experienced or been exposed to yet. Arelvis, with his power, could profile as a very good corner outfielder if he could play it, but... He can't, though. He he's can't. A, he's a middle infielder. He's an, he's an infielder, and that's great. The Jays need an infielder to play second base eventually here. And Can it could I be hit soon. you two stats about Orelvis that I think go for it are going to play into the Jays spring training significantly. Yep. The first is going to be the difference between Orelvis Martinez's 2023 Babbitt in double a, which was 223 in 70 games, yep. 292 plate appearances. And then his Babbitt in triple a, in 55 games and 246 PAs, 317. It went mm -hmm. up almost 100 points. Yep. His batting average in AA was 226. His batting average in AAA was 263. It's almost a 40-point increase. And his slug went from 485 to 507. So he went from dealing with fastball heavy, like AA doesn't have a lot of wacky yeah. off-speed shit, to AAA, which is like you're getting ready for the show and you're experimenting. You're doing crazy shit. Well, I mean, you look at his, even just at his spray numbers between AA and AAA, they, they were pretty much identical. He pulled the ball 2% more in AAA. He hit 7% more line drives, which is substantial with less ground balls, which would that would equate yeah. to the BABIP increase, really. He got um, super aggressive though in AAA, yeah, which he caused his, to hit dingers. <laughs> his walk rate went down from fourteen to ten point six, and then his K's went up. You would expect from 20. that though, I mean, to you, you jump a yeah, level right. and start playing against guys who some of them have pitched in the show. You know, like you're, it's, yep. it's going to be a, it is a higher it, like AAA and AA. There is a big difference in the pitching quality Huge. for sure, Huge. and just the age of guys you're playing against. Like you're playing against some guys who are thirty in AAA. You know, like but he got more aggressive and it paid off. It paid I'm off. Very curious numbers, yeah. to see what spring training looks like for Rebels Martinez because yeah. we talk about how he's the guy of the future. I don't know if it's that far ahead. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because and I mean, but you look at it and again, the roster is crowded by guys like Espinal and Biggio, and there's other guys in the forty man like Otto Lopez and Hurley Clement. Like there yeah, are still guys he needs to leapfrog. You don't that. think he's leapfrogged over Otto well, Lopez well, I do, already? But he hasn't gotten to the point where the Jays are removing Otto Lopez from the forty man roster, is what I'm saying. Like he's No he's, he's gotta show up in spring training and show that he put in work this winter to keep getting better. And that triple A is obviously where he'll he'll start the year unless he hits like a home run every at bat in spring training or something. And I don't then, think it's that dramatic. Yeah. But I, I your point is very well taken. It's it's, it's just the fact that he He's, he's got 250 plate appearances at AAA, and he's not like he wasn't. He doesn't have the like the prospect pedigree of guys like Vladdy and Bo did when they were coming up, where he was dominating at every level. 
Like, even though he was crushing dingers last year, he was still only hitting 226 at double A, you know? Whereas Vladdy was hitting 400 at double A, you know? Let's like, see. There's I, a big difference between the If they need guys. somebody, if we get into May and oh, he's yeah. mashing. Oh, yeah. I could see They're it not going to waste any more time God, on. No. no no offense to Otto Lopez and Addison Barger uh, and Spencer Horowitz. No disrespect to them at all. Yep. But they're not going to waste a roster spot if Orelvis proves. Like, if he hits, if it were me, if he was hitting, two, like, what he did last year in AAA to start the year, I'd be giving him a serious look. I would not waste time trying to finesse his development. If he's hitting, like, 263, 270 in AAA come, like, May or June, I don't see why they would waste any more time. If this team wants to win now... You do, like don't carry. You don't want to carry Otto Lopez, who had like an atrocious twenty twenty three. Like, yeah, don't waste your time. They need to get Orelvis as many innings as they can at second base. And if he's if he's competent at second base, maybe try to double up second and third for him because that's really the weak points of this team, the Jays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. If he's looking very competent and confident at the plate, don't waste any time. Do pull a Babe Schneider, or a, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, David. Pull Schneider. Babe Schneider. Don't like don't wait because this team, if this team is going to win, it needs runs. And yeah, <laughs> the bench does not look promising right now. It looks like this team is going to have to pitch its way to the start. The wins. starting nine doesn't look super promising right now, let alone the bench. Like. Yeah, it's kind of it gives me a bit of an upset stomach to think about the prospect of Kirk and Jansen being leaned on. Yeah, yeah, for four or five in the, in the order. That's we've seen how difficult that is for Danny Jansen to sustain being relied on a ton because he 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 keeps getting hurt pretty consistently. You know, like it's it's because a man plays at a hundred percent all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, like and that's and that's great. We love Danny Jansen for that, but he needs to not be relied upon to do that <laughs> he's a catcher Agreed. he's not a, kirk, he's not a shortstop and kirk needs um kirk needs a bounce back season but yeah we can talk about this till the cows come home best shape of his life right now <laughs> clearly looks like he's cut like 30 pounds uh in the in the the images that we've seen yeah we we get but all we're, that, we're in uh it's it's february so we are in best shape of their best life, shape of his life. Yeah. but this none of this shit matters what really matters is justin turner makes this lineup more dangerous you're right or relvis has the potential to make the lineup more dangerous but there is still There's ball goes still to things need to third base right now and and the ball rolls over to third base. Who's picking it up and throwing it first? Right, right now, now, it's probably IKF and Biggio and Espinal. You know, it's it's that's, a it's a cobbled. It, it's it's sucks to think about, but that's that's what it is right now. None of those guys can hit worth a uh, worth a damn. Not enough to play every day. <laughs> yeah, so it's the best you get is Cam Biggio, who might cap out at two twenty, and yeah, he'll hit you 25, 30 home runs and six hundred PAs. Think hit, I don't think you'll hit that many home runs anymore. No, he doesn't have it. He he just doesn't have it. He's a competent fielder. And oh yeah, yep. Great plate Confident vision. Utility guy for sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's very frustrating because Espinal had a terrible year last year. Awful, awful year. It, it went to shit, and then I don't. IKF, whatever. 
Yeah. Let's just sign all the super utility guys, right? And then we everybody can just rotate around and everybody can have a 600 OPS and we can win every game one nothing or lose. Yeah. Or lose. One nothing. It's just yeah. like fuck, this is stupid. Anyway, let's talk about Alec Manoa for the 950th Yay. time uh in the history of this podcast. Here it is. MLB trade rumors uh just 7 hours ago posted an article that the Toronto Blue Jays are turning away trade interest in Alec Manoa, and he is expected to be a part of the 2024 rotation. We did get a little fact checkeroo from Scotty Mitchell uh, from TSN at Scotty Mitch TSN. Uh, let me correct this: the Jays scared to give him away based on an obvious upside. Low ball offers ensue. Both parties still open to a change, which is all of this is just noise. Yep. It's not. This was always what the plan was going to be. Was there a possibility that the Jays could trade Manoa? Sure. Sure. What's coming back, though, has to be a third baseman who can mash and play good enough defense to take advantage of the pitching staff the Jays already have. But why would they do that? Because then suddenly they have a hole in their pitching rotation, and all the good pitchers who are free agents have already been signed. So why would you do that? So anecdotal best shape of his life everything looks good up to this point from manoa do you think he's salty about 2023 absolutely do i think that he has to grow up a little bit absolutely do i think he was treated poorly by the jays yeah i actually do think uh, to a small degree he was justin give me your take on this what's more important we go into this season with alec manoa focused on a starter role or give him a fresh start elsewhere Go. Uh, starter role. I still think that, like you, you said, Scotty Mitch says, the upside is still there. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't – I'm not ready to give up an Alec Manoa. I mean, yeah, last year was incredibly frustrating, and I agree with you. I think the team did him a disservice by continuing yep. to trot him out there because, obviously, there was something wrong. <laughs> it wasn't going well, and yet they kept just sending him back out there, sending him back out there. And, I mean, at a certain point in time, we all were like, hey, like – you guys gotta like you gotta stop you got them down get them right and then they brought him back up right away so they didn't do anything right last year with him um it looks like he's been working hard this offseason he's, he's been posting videos on social media of him throwing of him in the gym like great that's awesome i hope he comes in with um an intensity that he wants to win his job back because in my opinion yeah when, when scott mitchell says oh he's expected to be a part of the rotation I say he's got to earn that spot in the rotation. I don't expect him to be there. I think that he has to come in and say, like, you know what, this is this is my spot. I'm I'm like I'm taking it back, and not just have that like oh I'm expected to do it. Like he needs to earn it, in my opinion. So I want him to be there. I hope he does it. This team is better when Alec Manoa is great, obviously. And you just said like that yeah, this team's gonna have to pitch their way to to ninety wins or eighty five wins, whatever they're gonna get because they're not going to hit their way with this current lineup. I don't think the Jays can get the third baseman they want for Alec Manoa right now. Oh, God, no. And the package they'd have to put together to get the third baseman they want, and in my mind, it's it's Nolan Arenado (laughs) or somebody very similar. Somebody very, very good, yeah. And that, that's the thing is like you're there's nobody else out there. They thought yeah, Matt Chapman was the guy, 
And mm. if you look at Matt, if you just look at the stat sheet, Matt Chapman is what you want. But if you look at what Matt Chapman did from May of 2023 to October 2023, you don't want that. Nope. And that's why they didn't sign him. They're not going to give him term for after just absolutely imploding after a phenomenal April. So, and then his stats level out and it looks, oh, it's not really that bad. It was atrocious. It was terrible. Defensively, yeah, absolutely. Great player. He's exactly who you want on the hot corner. At the plate, tremendously disappointing. I don't, it's not worth the risk. Especially where he wants term. Yeah. Justin, do you want to give him a five-year deal after nope. that? I wouldn't give him a three-year deal after that. Can't. And But the, the other thing, too, is even if they said, even if Nolan Arenado was on, uh, like, was on the table, right? Yep. Even if that was real, first of all, opt-out was declined. Full no trade. You owe him $35 million base salary this year. You owe him 32 next year. You owe him 27 the year after that. By the time he's an un, uh, unrestricted free agent in 2028, he'd be 37 years old. So he's older than like the core of this team. And the amount of money you'd have to pay him, he'd be the highest paid player on the team at $35 million. Right? Um, do you want to pay 35-year-old Dolan Arenado $27 million to not be able to play third base because his knees are, are fucked? Nope. <laughs> that's what's gonna ha that's what's gonna happen i love the guy i think he's an incredible player yeah i agree um look at his stats last year massive dip at the plate way better than matt chapman <laughs> but like the thing is there's just not all the the best third basemen are just not available and even if nolan arenado was available you got to give more than Alec Manoa, and it's just like, it's wacky, man. This is a weird time. There's not enough relievers available. There's not enough third basemen available, and everybody's having to overpay. And it's weird because Matt Chapman is still available, and nobody has paid him. And as far as we know, he hasn't gotten a serious offer either, much like his other uh, Scott Boris uh, compatriot, Cody Ballinger hasn't gotten a real offer yet either. It's just... Ugh. This sucks. Who are the best third... Who do you think is the best third baseman in baseball? Oh, my right God. Now? That's a tough question. I mean, defensively, it's probably Arenado. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, honestly, right now. I think Alex Bregman's still up there. He had a down year, too, though. <sighs> Max Muncy? Gunnar no. Henderson? Mm. Manny? No, Manny Machado was brutal last year. Ho well, here's the thing. I would give up a lot to get Jose Ramirez out of Cleveland, but he has a no move. Austin Riley's probably the best. And you're not getting him out of Atlanta. 
But Jose Ramirez, if he didn't have a no move, I would throw everything in the universe at getting Jose. Sure. But it's no move. He yeah. has a no full no move. And he's his base salary for this year is seventeen million dollars. Cleveland, how did they convince that man to sign that contract? That's insane to me. The robbery. They must have held him at gunpoint. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like for third baseman, Matt Chapman's not even in the top ten anymore because he can't. He just struggled so much with hitting. But yeah. Do you think? Do you think the Jays? stand a chance at anything above a wild card? Do you think there's no, a, this God, no. lineup is a current division contender? The Baltimore Orioles are going to win the division this year. Yeah, maybe. By That's, a lot, I They're going to have to lean a lot on on hitting. Uh, they've got pretty good. John Means is going to be back for full season, and I think uh, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be outstanding this year in his second season. So I, I think that people are sleeping. On, you think uh, people are sleeping on them? On the Let, Orioles pitching, yeah. Well, if I'm just looking at their rotation right now, right quick. Look at Grayson Rodriguez's September numbers and five starts and tell me he didn't get better after he came back from AAA. He did get better after he came back. I'm not he was elite. Irrefutable. <laughs> uh, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, Dean Creamer, or Kremer, Tyler Wells. Yeah, this is – They're going to be good, probably, man. It's probably a top five they, rotation. They won't baseball. have they won't have the Blue Jays rotation, but they've got better a way better offense right now. Their bullpen is doo doo though. Yeah, yeah they have, and they're not they gonna have, have Bautista closing this year because of Tommy John's. So that's, that's the thing. If, there's no there's no perfect team in baseball right now. Maybe the Braves, but <laughs> or the Dodgers if Otani was pitching. But I mean, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not sold on this on this Blue Jays offense, and that's, I'm not either. I keep going I, back to it, and I just don't. They're they're banking way too much on bounce back years. Uh, it makes me nervous. And that's always that's always nerve wracking. Like it'd be like a it'd be like a hockey team pulling together a bunch of twenty goal scores and being like, oh yeah, one of these guys is due to score fifty. <laughs> Let's talk. Okay, I I love that you made that that connection because I I do. I think you're right. I think that's a very apt comparison. Yeah. But we're seeing it right now be successful in the NHL in the form of the Detroit Red Wings. They signed all these middle six guys to fill their lineup, and they're winning a lot. They're in a wild card spot right now with all these guys who are they're expecting uh, who normally would score twenty goals to overachieve, and they're doing it. So it's not it's not unfathomable. But it's also not, I don't know. They're pinning a lot on Vladdy, and I don't like it. If that doesn't feel right, it feels really kind of weird. <laughs> um, because, you like, okay, let's say Vladdy hit 30 home runs and 100 RPIs. Are we good? Are we going to win 95 games? Mm, probably With not. Maybe more than no, just because Vladdy. Because even if he does that, and even if Bo does that, we still... I mean, I guess it's Justin Turner. We just talked about this as the cleanup. Who's hitting fifth? Who's hitting sixth? I don't know, man. Are, no, I you're telling me Davis Schneider's going to hit 30 home runs this year? 
<laughs> Santiago Espinal, is he going to suddenly, is he going to juice? And then come Maybe in and... he needs to. I don't want that uh, for him. Santiago Espinal's best part of his game is his defense and his speed. And he's didn't, he was bad at both last year. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know where they're going to get the offense from. The more I dig into it, the more depressing it is and the more concerned I am. Yeah. Like, what do we... Like, let, look at the depth. I don't look, know what okay. else to say about this. <laughs> I know. This is really frustrating. There's a dead horse about. in the corner of my room right now. I keep kicking You're it. You're just beating it. You're just yeah. like, come on, get up. <laughs> um, Davis Schneider is projected to be the second baseman in the lineup according to Fangraphs. And he's expected to hit 231 next year, batting sixth. Guess who's batting fifth? It's our Denny it's Jansen. our it no, it's Kevin Biggio. It's oh. our guy hitting 227 with 10 home runs batting fifth. Uh. Dal Dalton Barsho he might be the most important hitter next year. <laughs> um, if he has another season like he did last year at the plate, this team is going to struggle. Great defender. If he hits 220 next year, it's it's Jover. It's Jover. Like, it's not going to be – it's not good. They have him projected to hit seventh, but if – if he's going to hit, and they haven't projected to hit 27 home runs, which would be second highest on the team behind Vladimir Guerrero yeah. Jr. And he'll hit 240, which is really optimistic. I just, I'm scared, man. I'm really scared. Guess how many home runs Danny Jansen's projected to hit? I'm going to say 21. Nope. 18. All right, fair enough. I'll take that though. I'll take that it. means that between Kirk and Jansen, we're getting twenty-eight home runs. Sweet. I'll take the over <laughs> on that. Actually, I think they're going to hit more than that. But man, this lineup is not even with Justin Turner. Justin Turner is a top fifty player as far as hitting goes, according to Fangraphs. Forty-eighth is his power rank. I'm nervous, man. <laughs> what are we going to do? The bench Suffer. is Spencer Horowitz, IKF, and Santiago Espinal. Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen. Boy, I'm nervous. Yep. Well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Just looking at this makes me want to barf. I know. It's, that's what I'm saying, man. Run production is going to be a thing again. And, I mean, it's... This team needs help, and they have not found it externally. So it's got to come from within somehow, and I just don't know how it's going to be the existing personnel. It's not. This is not okay. This is not an okay situation. Justin Turner makes the, the offseason slightly better, but like... But if it's I not were great, to, Bob. I know. If I were to grade the offseason based on their acquisitions... Still a D. I don't know because Yariel Rodriguez. Yeah, we hasn't been announced yet. He could let he could yeah because his visa, visa. They're having an issue with his visa, which is really 
frustrating. It'll happen before spring training. Yeah, even if it is, okay, great. He could he, he could be a wild card though. He could go. What if he lights it lights it up? And I he's hope like he does. Ultimate yeah. Setup man. Yeah, well, I this, think he wants he wants to start, and the team says they're going to give him a chance to start. So. Oh God, he's going to start the year in AAA, and if he lights it up, then Alec Manoa. Uh, objects and mirror closer than they appear, <laughs> and it's just a, it's just Yariel uh, Rodriguez just fucking hoofing it, full on sprint. I love it. I don't know when we'll be back next. For whenever something happens. Yeah, I guess it's that. <laughs> if the probably J sign Cody, if the J sign Cody Bellinger, we will probably have an emergency twenty yeah. minute episode churned out quickly. I don't um, see that happening, but it'd be nice. I don't either, but that's a possibility. In the meantime, if you like what we do, at BFMD Podcast, website bfmdpodcast.com. Justin, you get the last word. I think the Blue Jays are still a good baseball team, Patrick. They just aren't a great baseball team, and that's the problem that lies within. They have yeah. a great rotation. I think they have a great bullpen, but their offense, it's may be good at best and that's all i'll say on that